Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I tell you, today we're going to talk about, um, we have a, a special guest who's going to be in the studio today, uh, a DJ, DJ Lu- You Love I, will be here and he's going to tell us about um, a stabbing that he was involved in. Uh, he was actually stabbed here in Austin, Texas. We're going to find out about that and get all the details of that. And then also, we're going to talk about Yeti. Oh, yeah, Yeti. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to also going to tell you where does Texas stand compared to other states in the United States as far as gun rights and gun legislation and just being pro-gun. We're going to talk about that and tell you what our overall rating is here in the state of Texas. But before we get into that, let's talk about Yeti. Oh, yeah, Yeti, the cooler company, the one uh, they have this nice product. You know, but there's some other products like it. You know, theirs is probably a little expensive. There's some, a lot of pro- products out there. Uh, so we're going to talk about Yeti. Now, they opened up a new store here in Austin, Texas. They're actually based in Austin, Texas. And they opened up a new store. And, and this store actually has a bar that's on the outside. And then when you walk on the inside, it has a retail portion where you can <laughs> buy your Yeti cooler. Now... Yeti prides themselves as being an outdoor company, okay? Um, and I know, Justin, you've heard about them, right? Oh, absolutely. I have a few of their products. Do you? What do you have that's Yeti? Uh, I've got a couple of the tumblers, uh, and some of our family members have the coolers as well. Yeah, I know we've given some away free, and you know we've actually run into them at the SHOT Show. So they're like an outdoors company. They're, they pride themselves as being pro-Second Amendment and, and all that good kind of stuff. Well... So they open up this this shop, this store here in Austin, Texas. And like I said, on the outside, there's a bar. And so when I went there to check it out one day, we noticed that instead of having a 51% sign, they actually have a 30.06 and a 30.07 sign. Right. So and I, I figured, you know, that's, that's kind of strange because you have to understand the Texas gun laws. So when the person posts a 30.06, and a 30.07 sign, that is by choice. They're saying, hey, I don't want you, for the most part, as long as it's not listed in 46.035, they're saying that this is a private business. 
and I don't want you to carry a handgun in my business. Okay, that's what the 30.06, sign says. And so in order for you not to be able to carry a handgun in Texas, they have to give you some type of notice, either written notice or verbal notice. And that written notice is going to be the 30.06 or 30.07. 06 is for concealed carry, no concealed carry. 07 is for no open carry. So we noticed they actually had the 30.06 sign and the 30.07 sign posted on the outside. Very nice, fancy sign, probably cost a few thousand dollars. Very nice, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I saw the picture. It was yeah, it was a nice little plaque. Oh, oh yeah, very nice. <laughs> so we noticed this. I'm like, wow, that's kind of strange because Yeti is a... It matched their sign. It did. It, it matched their sign. They did a great job. I mean, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful sign. They were proud of it. Oh, it, it was beautiful. I thought I had to take a picture. I was like, man, let's take a picture of this because this is just beautiful. So... <laughs> so, you know, it's like, that's kind of strange because, you know, they are pro-Second Amendment. So why would they post a 30.06 and a 30.07 sign? So, you know, I, I went into it a little further. I said, let's, let's check into this and see what's going on. And, yes, there's a bar there. So I said, well, you know, let's do some research. Let's not jump off, you know, just half cock. Let's make sure we do our research and check everything out. So I ran their address in the TABC's website. You got to do that. You know, when you're sitting outside of a business you're not sure about whether or not you can carry there. You're not sure if the business is posting the correct signage. You know, I like to do some research because I noticed that in the bar area, there's a blue sign. The blue sign says that, <laughs> hey, we sell alcohol, you you know, but with a handgun license, you can carry your handgun. It's the sign you see at the, at the gas station. The sign you see at the gas stations, grocery stores, at Walmart, Walmart yeah. Applebee's, uh, Texas Land Cattle, they, you name it. Yep. You know, different little restaurants, you know, other little places that have, you know, bars or restaurant type bars or bars and other businesses, they post the blue sign. Or your grocery store. Well, they sell alcohol in the grocery store, but they don't make 51% or more of their income of you consuming it. So, you know, those signs were definitely posted. So I looked at that. like the blue sign. That's really odd because that sign says that, hey, they're not making 51% or more of their income of them, of me consuming alcohol on the premises. So I should be able to carry there. Exactly. I said, okay, well, let's take a look. Let's research it. So I went to the TABC's website and I pulled them up on their website. And I typed in the address, and it pulled up gun sign red, 51%. So they really are not supposed to be posting the blue sign. They should not be posting the red 51% sign. I said, man, now that's strange. I said, well, let me just do a double check, look around, just make sure I'm, I'm not missing anything. I see the blue sign. I go inside. Okay. Hmm. So then I file a complaint to ABC with on their website. So, yeah, we... Someone needs to pay them a little visit because they're supposed to be 51% at the bar and, you know, and not the blue sign. Now, further investigation, I take a look and I notice, you know, a couple little things about their permit. And they actually have their LLC name listed wrong on the permit. But we're not going to talk about that. We'll let them figure that out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So the actual company, Cooler Concessions, is what's listed on their liquor license. So Cooler Concessions, they're actually, that's an office that's located, you know, in Austin. So when you look at that, you, I noticed that the way this permit is, they're talking about the bar only, not about the retail place, not about inside the store. So I'm like, well, 
So this means that I can I can't carry. They're supposed to be fifty one percent, not a thirty dollars six, thirty dollars seven. It should be a fifty one percent sign posted at the bar, and then you should be able to go into the retail store because they that have the, they have that actually separate. So that's why they posted thirty dollars six, thirty dollars seven. So they just kind of got confused and and figured that they would post uh, the oh six oh seven instead of a fifty one percent. And so I went back today and. As I look back at it today, because I got a couple of emails from different people who claim to be this person, that person, whatever. I'm like, hey, if I, unless I get an email from someone with a Yeti, you know, at Yeti.com, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, I'm not going to take anyone's word for it because that's what I need. So as an official spokesperson, because I actually called them, you know, I before all this, I called. I said, hey, um, I would like to talk to someone who's in charge of the Yeti store. Just so I can, you know, let them know that they have their own signage posted. You know, one, the TABC's website says they're 51 percent. So the bar on the outside should have a 51 percent sign posted, not a blue sign. So I, I wanted to talk to whoever's in charge so we can, you know, get make sure they update the sign. So after about four, five phone calls, I finally get a call back from their attorney who someone says they're, they're the general counsel. And so he said that, well. You know, because the reason they posted the third dot six and third dot seven sign was because of the bar. And they didn't think that, you know, we should be able to mix guns and, you know, guns and alcohol. Really? Right. So I said, <laughs> I said, well, that's kind of strange. I said, because uh, we don't have those problems, you know, at any other, you know, restaurant type bar in the state of Texas. We don't have those problems at Chili's. We don't have those problems at Applebee's. We don't have those problems at at Papa Do's. Baby A's. Papacitos. Well, they actually, they, they post. That baby, baby A's. You know, those, well, those little places like there, we don't, we don't have those type of problems because, uh, you know, they may post a 30.07. They don't want open carry, but they don't do the 06, and they have the blue sign posted where with a handgun license you can carry. So license holders are the most law-abiding people that we have in the state of Texas. So when you're posting 06 and 07 sign, what you're saying is you're saying that you do not want the good guys to carry, only the criminals. That's what you're saying. Ding, ding, ding. Because our stats go all the way back to 1995. We're saying that, hey, anyone that's been convicted of a crime in Texas and they're, they're a license holder, they're actually, less like, they're actually less likely to be convicted of a crime in the first place. All right, so the way this stat works is Hey, you know, it's there. It's actually less than a quarter of a percent. Yep. Less than a quarter percent of the people that are convicted of crimes in Texas have a handgun license. So license holders are not the ones causing the problems. So why are you punishing license holders, especially Yeti, since you are supposed to be a pro Second Amendment outdoorsy type company who attends all the different, you know, shooting events and, and, and well, trade, sh- trade shows and Shot things of that nature. And they promote hunting. And yeah, I mean, come on now. Yeah, Anti-gun? Really? You, you can't be. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't be. You're saying the good guys can't carry. No, that's not your thing. So, you know, I, so you know, I went back and forth with them, and the attorney, I guess he kind of got upset with me and said, you know, this is not up for debate. I said, okay, fine. You know, well, then we'll let the people decide what they want to do because, you know, to me, number one, they're posting their own sign in the first place. They should be <laughs> posting a 51%, not a blue sign, and that's a TABC violation, so I reported them for that. And then, you know, by you posting the 06 and 07, you're, you know, you're reinforcing the fact that, hey, you're saying that license holders cannot carry. So it, it, there's a difference between 06, 07 and a 51 percent. 51 percent sign is that's 
the government. That's your TABC saying that you make this amount of money from a person consuming alcohols on, alcohol on the premises you cannot carry. The 0607 is your choice. If Unless you're listed in 46035, it is your choice for posting that sign. I just wish it could be so much easier. Why can't we just no guns? <laughs> we don't need to have all these stupid signs. TABC shouldn't have anything to do with anything about guns. and They, they shouldn't even exist, honestly. But they are not a legislative branch, are they? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're, they're like a bureau, but I could be wrong. So why are they making policies and stuff? I just don't get this. And then with a different bill that is wanting to be talked about, they're going to bring in a, another sign, 30.08. Come on, man. Which bill is that? 1911, I believe, is, is what it? they're wanting. Well, if it goes when they do that. Yes, under that bill, it actually creates another uh, another sign, yeah. 30.08. It's going to create another sign. Simplify what life. The, what is the 08 supposed to mean? That would, be, that would, that would actually involve open carry... Uh, and concealed carry, but it's it would just be for unlicensed possession. So instead of 06, 07, you have 08 instead. 06 and 07 would 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 uh, would cover license holders, and then the 30.08 would cover people who are not licensed. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. It should be one sign at the owner's design saying no gun or a little gun with the circle around it and the line through it. I mean, it should be that simple. We shouldn't have to have all this legal signage and crap. It's a business's right to allow you to have a gun in there or to not have a gun in there. And if they want you to have a gun, then so be it. If they don't, they should just be able to put up a little sticker. shouldn't have to be some stupid sign within 15 feet of the entrance, one-inch block letters, and da-da-da, contrasting That's just so ridiculous. Well, the only reason we have these signs is because there's penalties behind it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why they want to make it very clear. And they want to, you know, like, for instance, if they just had, like, a little tiny sign of a little gun saying no guns and you didn't see that and you went in there obviously you don't you shouldn't be getting charged with a crime so it, so the, if we eliminate the penalties for that obviously then then you're trespassing i mean that's yeah. the same thing if i go to walmart <laughs> with my with my long gun and i go in there and they say hey you can't have that in here i wish i want you to leave and you stay well now you're trespassing and that's a chargeable offense it should be the same way with any business hey i don't want your gun in here you didn't see the sign leave please Okay. I agree. Have I think it should day. be. I think it should be like. I, I think they should be able to post whatever sign they want. It should be a verbal, some some yeah. sort of verbal communication. Exactly. In case if it's you don't verbal, see the sign. and they say don't you, be in here, stay, then leave. If you stay beyond that, I mean, it's the then same thing with. For, if it's the same thing for anybody too. Even if you don't have a gun, if a if a store asks you to leave and you don't, yeah, you're trespassing. Exactly. So I don't, I just don't understand why they want to add more signage to make things more muddied up in that clear water, which is no longer clear. Yeah, so we, we're, gonna, well, we're, we're definitely going to keep them honest and we're going to stay on top of anyone, especially if you brand yourself, you come off as being someone that's Second Amendment and then you turn around and you punish license holders. We're going to come after you. We're going to call you out. Yeah. And that's the bottom yeah. line. So don't don't portray yourself as being someone that's pro Second Amendment. And then you go out of your way to, to make this pretty sign that costs thousands of dollars. That was to, a beautiful sign. Yeah, to <laughs> prohibit license holders from carrying. We're going to call you out. And and as a result of that, every message board, everyone in the country is talking about Yeti and them being anti Second Amendment. All right. So we're, we have in the studio today, we have DJ You Love I. He's going to tell us about what happened to him a few months ago.
Uh, we're talking about Yeti. Are they pro-Second Amendment or anti-Second Amendment? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about Yeti coolers. We have a special guest in the studio, DJ You Love I. He's going to tell us about what happened to him a few months ago. But let's go back to Yeti. I just want to talk about Yeti. That's all I, who I want to talk about is Yeti, Yeti, and Yeti. Pretty sign. Yeah, because you know what? It, 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 it was a pretty sign. And, and you know what? Yeah, I want to talk about Yeti. Okay, so. So I got a question about the Yeti sign. Okay. So it has to be within 15 feet. I, I don't. I've never been there personally. What do you mean, fifteen feet? Doesn't it have to be visible no. from the door or something like that? No, 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 no. No, no the law just says when if you're going to post a thirty point oh six or thirty point oh seven sign, it just says it needs to be uh, clearly visible to the public. Is all it says. It oh, says okay. it needs to be in block letters, yeah. one inch in height, uh, with contrasting colors. That could be black letters, white background, black letters, clear background. You know, so contrasting colors. The English needs to be exact wording. Spanish can be left up to interpretation. So we're very picky about our sign here in the state, in the state very, of Texas. Very picky, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but but you know, but let's get back to Yeti and 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 shame on Yeti. Shame, 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 shame. All right, so shame on you for you know for not listening to license holders. But I think they're going to come around because, like I said, I went back there today this afternoon and. I think they're coming around. They're almost there. They're not there yet. They're almost there. They actually took their 06 and 07 sign down. What? So they the took 06 that pretty sign down. Yeah, the 06 07 sign has been removed from Yeti's little flagship. So oh, now they waste have the money. they have the blue sign that says I can carry and they also have the red 51% sign. Now is that in paper or they they went cheap? It's, it's the right sign. They, they went cheap. They have the correct signs, but they have them both. One sign one sign <laughs> says I can carry my handgun with a handgun license. The other sign says I can't. You know, and by you know according to their permit, they're supposed to post a 51% sign. So they're still not getting it right just yet. So are you saying that they're they're now trying to make the 51% cover the entire entire vicinity and yeah. versus just the bar? Yeah, because they actually have them posted in two different locations. So they have the 51% sign and the blue sign at the bar. And then inside the story area, they have the 51% sign over on the left, left-hand side by the wall there. So they're trying to get that sign to cover the store as well, which it does not because their permit, and I'm 99% sure, and I'll be sure, I'm willing to Real bet. Soon. I'm willing to bet too that if you look it up, it's probably two separate businesses as well. It is. It, it's yeah. two different areas. The permit for their liquor license is just for the bar, which is on the outside. It's not for the shop, the the showroom that's on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, you know, you know we do this. This is what we do, people. And for anybody that gets on, you know, as a matter of fact, for all you little Facebook uh, lawyers out there, my call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643 Five four eight three. Let me say that one more time. That's five one two six four three five four eight three. 
for those people that have no knowledge about what the Texas gun laws say, and you constantly debate and argue this subject on Facebook. So you're the reason why people get put in jail and get arrested because you think you know what the Texas gun laws are and you have no knowledge about what you're talking about. So come on and call in and let me hear what you got to say. Because I... Yeah, because I'm as big as bad as I say I am. So I'm call on sure, in. I'm sure there's crickets. I'm sure there's crickets. <laughs> exactly. 512-643-5483. Let me hear what you got to say. All right. It goes out live, doesn't it? 643-LIVE. Oh, yeah. It's live. Yeah. It's, it's easy to remember. Yeah, very easy. 512-643-LIVE. Come and talk it. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring. <laughs> so uh, can I call you Miguel? Yes. All right. Do you, but do you like DJ? Am I saying it right? You love I? Yeah, I do love I. You love you love I yeah you love I it was okay. like it was actually a, it was a photography company before all right so let me welcome to the show DJ you love I so welcome to come and talk it sir uh, how you doing thanks for having <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> no you're fine all right so uh, now where where are you DJ at I uh, DJ around town uh, on Thursdays I'm at Boston Friday I jump around from here in, in Austin and, and in San Marcos and then on Saturdays I'm at Barbarella like in the that's on seven you don't do Tuesdays no I don't do Tuesdays there why don't you do Tuesdays that's the best time to go on Tuesday. I used to go there. I, 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 I used to take the photos there before. Yeah, I'm calling. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Nice. All right, now, something happened to you back in what was it? Was it January? It was in January, January thirteenth. And that was that was Friday the thirteenth. Right? Yeah, it was Friday the thirteenth actually. And so you, you go back, you think about that, you know, kind of put your mindset in that, and kind of set us up what happened. And you're, you're here in Austin, Texas, correct? Here in Austin, Texas. I was in my place uh, off of 14th Street, uh, right there, like 14th and 935. And I had just gotten finished uh, eating dinner with my friend, Kirkland. And I was uh, he, he had to run some errands, so he took off for a little bit. And I was waiting at home because um, I had to DJ later on that night at 10. So the plan was he was going to show up at 930 uh, so we can take off together. But then, So he got bored, and he was like, hey, can I just come over now? And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I, was, I wasn't paying attention at the time, so I thought he was already coming. And I just hear a knock on the door. And I go to open it, not even thinking about anything. I was looking at my phone, listening to music. And I go to open the door. I don't even look at the people or anything because I, I assume it's him because he, he had already said he was on his way. Open the door. This guy starts coming. He comes in right away, starts uh, like with the mask. He starts slashing me with the katana, like hitting me side, like side to side. Okay, and hold on now. Did you know this guy? I did know the guy. And so when you open the door, you like, hey, no, no, it wasn't like a hey, like he came in already swinging. So it was like, it oh, was, wow. It, it was like a, it was a quick attack. And then while I was getting attacked, that's when I realized like that it was him. And at first I, it was still kind of confusing. I was like, is he is this like a joke? Is was he like, you know, because it was also like Friday the 13th. So I was like, is he is he playing around with me? But then and I was kind of like telling him to stop. And then once it like once I could start seeing blood, I was like, OK, this like this is real now. Because you weren't feeling it, you're just seeing the blood. You I, I was, yeah, because right away, like, and that's what people don't yeah. understand. Whenever something's happening, it's happening really quick. You start, you see things before you actually feel them. Yeah, I never actually because your mind like, is not processing yeah. it until you see the blood. Once you see the blood, then your mind starts processing. Mm. That. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel the pain until actually the next day because uh, while I was getting attacked, all I could feel was like pressure, and I could just see the blood. But I guess my adrenaline was going so hard that I couldn't I couldn't feel it at all. And then once they got me to the hospital, they just me up with so much like morphine and everything and painkillers, so I didn't feel anything. And oh, see, it, now I'm gonna get you on that yeah. one. So uh, and then so the they, next the next morning is when oh, no, I actually felt on. everything. I'm gonna get you there because okay, so they got you to the hospital and they boosted you up with some you know morphine and stuff like that, and you still went to work after that, so you were like feeling real good oh, yeah. that night. Well, yeah, I was I was out of the hospital. <laughs> I was out of the hospital by twelve thirty. 
And so you were, oh, yeah. we're going to slow down. So oh, yeah. you were feeling real good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was totally numbed out. I was, I was numbed out. And when we got to my place, I mean, there was blood everywhere, blood all over the walls. Oh, but wow. like, um, my friends tried to clean it up a little with glass broken. Um, yeah. And like the cops had been there. There was like 15 cops in there. So everything. did he, at any time, did he say anything? Um, yeah, he, I mean, he was, he was basically, he was basically like drugged out. I could tell he was drugged out. I know him and by the way he was and by the way he was attacking me too, he was like, you can tell he was like nervous about it. And so he, he got, why do you feel that he attacked you? It was like a personal issue. It's like a ex-girlfriend type of thing. Like and he just snapped. He just snapped. He snapped. And then it was like, and it was all on him because he, he just didn't even know, like he wasn't even in the right state of mind. I could tell by when he was like, when he came up, he was shaking too. He was like. I don't think he, like, I think he went in with the plan, and right when I started, like, because he started attacking me with the katana, and then I held on to the blade with my both hands, and when that happened, he got kind of started. I don't think he ever thought that I was going to, like, you know, that somebody's just going to hold on to the blade. And I when bet I, that felt wonderful. Oh, well. Do you have scars? or? Yeah, I mean, I got, I got like, 46 stitches, and, like, so there's, I still don't have feeling in certain fingers. There was, like, th- th- it was, like, cut all over. And while I was holding onto the blade, he started like going up and down to try to like wiggle it out, and that's when I just started seeing blood like come out, and I could feel it. And and so while I was holding onto that bl- the blade with both hands, he pulls out another dagger from the side, and I didn't see that. And that's when he started stabbing me in the back. He stabbed me three times in the back, and that one, that's when I instantly felt like a like a, like a release of pressure. It was like I started, I felt weakness right away, because I, I felt like we were doing, I was doing pretty well, like fighting him off. And then by that time, that's when I actually started like going down. I, I could feel like, like just energy leaving my body, so I pulled that one out. I'm still holding on to the other katana with with my right arm, with my right hand, and now I, I'm holding the dagger with my left hand. And I'm trying to pull that one out. He stabs me right here in the in the elbow, and that one gushes out like crazy for some reason. That was the only one that like actually like hit the walls, like it was like like a squirt or something. And then and then he hit me right here on the side. This one started bleeding, and then that's when I held onto the dagger again, and he started going into my face. He cut me once right here, and then one one on the on the jaw right here, and then he started going into like my neck, and that's when I was like holding on to it, and still holding on to this other one. I was going down on the ground, and then that's when my friend Kirk, the one I was actually waiting for, walks in. He was like, "What's going on?" And then he you was seeing like, all the blood. And yeah, everything. the blood. It just looked like crazy. And he said he could hear me yelling like from down. Like I'm on the third floor. He said he could hear me like all the way down there when he parked his car, Jeez. and he just didn't know what it was. He was like, "Oh my god, am I like walking?" He thought it was something like somebody else. And then as he started getting closer, once, once he closer. got on the third floor, he's like, "Oh my god, it's coming from like Miguel's apartment." So I was like, "So he walks in, he's like, what's going on?'" And I'm like, "He's the the attacker stops for a little bit, and that's when I'm like, I'm like Kirk, he's he like stabbed me. He's trying to kill me." And Kirk was like, "Oh shit!" And then he so like he was like, oh, "I'm gonna call the cops." And and then that's when the guy ran after him. Right when he ran after him, they went out the door. I just like got up and locked the door, and I just waited in there for the cops to come out. Like the cops got there like pretty fast. So what did this guy do? Run to his back to his apartment because he lived in an apartment complex, right? He he ran. I'm not sure where he lived. Okay. Um, but he ran after my friend Kirk for a while, and Kirk was like, I mean, he swears it was Jordans or something. But he was like, he he said he like ran so fast he jumped over this like fence and everything, went through all this stuff, went, got to his car and like lost him right away. And got on the um, got on the phone, and he he called the cops, and then and like like in a couple of minutes, I mean, there was like fire trucks, uh, ambulances, like like uh, I don't know, like I don't know how many police cops, like there was so many in my apartment, and and then the yeah, other took me over, and and luckily I lived like right across the street from um, uh, Breckenridge, so they just, I mean, it was like I was there instantly. I lived like right across the street, so 
um, yeah, I went in there and like I said, they needed to stitch me up. I had like people all around me, doctors, uh, detectives, like nurses, all this kind of stuff. They were just like stitching me up. And, and then the thing why it went like, why it went out so much because, um, since I was supposed to DJ that night, I took a video in, in my, in my apartment when I was like waiting for the cops. And I just like, I took that video and that was just like recorded video, like just on my phone. I, I didn't post it onto any social media. I recorded that video and I sent that out to my mom and, and then a couple friends and then the guy that I was supposed to DJ with that night and like the bar owner or something. And then, and then instantly I st- like the, the guy that I was DJing with, he po- he made a post and he's like, Oh my God, like, like, uh, hopefully like Miguel gets better. He just got stabbed. Like he, he did some kind of post. And then after that, everybody just started commenting and call, calling me and texting me. So then by that point I was like, instead of trying to respond to everybody, that's when I just started going like live on Instagram and I just put the feed out there so everybody would know. And I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm over here at Breckenridge. If you want to come see me or, you know, I'm just telling people what's up because I like, I've never seen my phone like that. I was getting like multiple text messages. I would respond to see, one. That's what and, I saw. Yeah. I actually saw your posting and I was like, well, what is that? And you know, I was trying to figure it out. So I didn't, I didn't get, you know, get the whole gist of it, the whole mm-hmm. story together because I need to see the, the news report. Oh yeah. Yeah. The news report came out later. Like they, they interviewed me like on, on Sunday or something. It was like the, the CBS one, um, they did. And then it went all over the place. Like San Antonio picked it up. Um, now, since then, did you, you think that, you know, what do you, what do you think? What have you done differently now to make sure that's not going to happen again? I mean, now I'm like more alert than anything. Like, I mean, you don't, you don't change from that. Like now, I mean. I still like I get goosebumps every every time like someone knocks on my door still like I mean that's always going to be there I'm still in the same place I'm like um it just feels weird like after being attacked like that I'm like I mean after talking to everybody like the lawyers the district attorney and everybody this guy got out on bail and basically what everybody told me like friends family district attorney um lawyers and other like even policemen they were like dude get your like CHL like that's the best thing we can do, we can do for you because like a a little paper like a restraining order is not going to like stop a dude that just attacked you like this. It's like if he's already willing to do something like this, like you you just need to protect yourself. So yeah, I went ahead and and did everything, went through the classes and everything with you actually. And did you take class with us? Yeah. When did you, okay. When did yeah. you take the class? Because now you're my, you're, I'm yeah yeah. I, I, now I, I, I'm embarrassed. I, I told now. you about this. We talked about. I'm, I'm actually embarrassed because now I don't remember. Yeah yeah. <laughs> when did you take the class? Uh, it was, it was like it was like late February. I think was it was late February? Yeah, late February, like after uh, that happened. Yeah, it was like after it happened. I took a while. Was because, it a weekend? No, it was like a Wednesday or something. So Wednesday or Thursday. So it was a third. It was it had to be a Thursday. Yeah. It was during the week. Yeah, and I think it was it was actually a Thursday, and you, we had to like go down. Um, there was this one guy that just kept on talking the whole time. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to shut people up. Okay, let's get to because because if you the longer you talk, the longer. Oh yeah, no, no. He, he made the class last like an extra twenty minutes for sure. <laughs> it was this guy that was just, wouldn't stop talking about. Yeah. Like his guns and that he knew kung fu or something. Yeah, like, yeah that's like, I always tell, yeah. don't tell your story. Just yeah. listen. We're going to cover the yeah. laws. Just listen. If you have a question, ask your question. But you know, don't go on this rampage about telling you know your life. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, that's why I like. Yeah, I, t- I totally picked up on that. Man, okay, all right, man. I see now. I gotta, I gotta think back now. Where were you sitting on the left side, or the r- right side of the room? Uh, like as you're looking at me, where were you sitting? If I'm looking at you, I was on, I was on the right side. Like you're on the right. Yeah, okay, yeah. By the way, okay. Yeah, man. Your memory's slipping, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> Work on I, that. I would, swear to, I would swear this is the first time I've seen you in person. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, if I had to testify in court, I really would say this is the first time I've seen you in I person. I looked different that day. I was like, <laughs> Do you, I, well, I didn't, have, I didn't have a hat on or anything. You did? I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. 
All right, so we're talking with DJ You Love I. We're also talking about Yeti. Uh, we're also going to talk about some other things. We're going to talk about the faces of death. You know, what does that look like? What happens when you, when actually that person passes over to the other side when either they do it to themselves or someone does it to them? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Doug DuBois, Jr., Executive Director of the Texas State Rifle Association. You're listening to Michael Cargill and Come and Talk It Radio. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. So I call in numbers 512-643-5483. Be a man. Call in. Stop being scared and talking on Facebook. That's Come right. On. Don't be that Facebook hero. We You're watching edu- us live we're, right now anyways. We're actually wanna, we want to educate you on what the gun laws are. You know, you sit, People sit there and they talk about, you know, well, you can't do this and you can't do that and you're absolutely wrong. You're getting it wrong. So learn it firsthand. Yeah. I had this guy this morning you know, get on our Come and Talk It page and he's talking about how the – you can't carry guns at the Capitol or other places like that. I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, you can. With a handgun license, you can carry a handgun at Texas Absolutely. State Capitol. Exactly. So, you know, don't sit out there and spot off stuff that, that you have no knowledge about. You might want to sit sit in the class um, and <laughs> learn what the Texas guns law, gun laws are. So definitely go read a book or something like that. Get off my Facebook page. <laughs> All right, so we have DJ You Love I inside the studio, and he was telling us this story of what happened to him back in January 13th, Friday the 13th, as a matter of fact, of him getting stabbed while he's inside of his apartment. And I was asking him uh, before we went to break, you know, kind of what has he done since then to make sure that he would not be putting that same position again? Because uh, whenever something happens... You need to definitely access, you know, you need to go back and just take a look at yourself and say, hey, all right, I need to change what I do and how I do things and make sure I'm not in that same position. So, like, what I would suggest you do is, hey, you know, use that peephole to look outside that door because I bet you have a peephole. I do. Yeah, exactly. So look, use that peephole, look outside the door before you open that door. And, 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 and then, you know, some people, you know, I, I carry my gun on me 24-7. Oh, yep. now, yeah, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that turned you into you know so you're now yeah, pro yeah. second amendment all the yeah. way i actually i had guns in the house already but um i use them just for like shooting so right. you know you, you never never think, thought that you're gonna be able to use it yeah. for self-defense never, never crossed did. your mind um my my uh, gun dealer he was so mad he was like why i sell you all these guns for if you're like <laughs> if you, you don't even use them he's like this is you, you had like the opportunity to use it because someone attacked you in your home and you could have used it and yep and you, you like didn't so i was like i didn't know i had to have it on me the whole time Nice. Okay. I answer the door, gun in my hand. I live in the country though, so I don't have people knocking on my door like. So ever. when someone knocks on your door, you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I scared the hell right. out of the <laughs> Edward Jones investment lady. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, hello there, Mister." <laughs> now don't we worry. now, David, we've missed you for a couple of weeks, and you yeah, know, you you had to attend a funeral and things of that nature. Uh, what was all that about? Well, it's kind of a long story, but months back. A family member had a stroke, and he hadn't been doing too well. And uh, then we had a wedding, and a big argument happened, and he decided to, a few days later, go ahead and take his life. 
and that was not uh, not a very fun time. And see, I don't like you know I don't like discussing things like that, you know. But that's 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 how things are. Harsh reality, man. It is, and and people, you know, will use whatever it is if they want to take their own yep. life. They will use whatever it, they have to take their life, yep. whether that's a firearm, whether it's a car, whether it's taking pills, well, whether it's using a knife. He couldn't hang himself because. <laughs> He didn't have enough control of his left hand to even be able to tie a knot, let alone have the strength to be able to do anything with it. He couldn't take pills because he had a hard enough time swallowing them that by the time he'd take enough, he'd pass out and not be able to do the job. So really, the gun was his only option uh, if he wanted to do it. And that was that's well, that's what he did. So. And so you had to you know be the person to go in there and clean it all up. Yeah, unfortunately, that was. That was something that uh, we had to do, and it wasn't fun. It was disgusting. Um, do you want details? I mean, I don't. I care. want details. So, you know, we didn't let Grandma go in there. It was it was just me and my my father in law, and we went in, and uh, he shot himself on the on a Tempur-Pedic bed. So it looked really clean in there, like there wasn't blood all over the floor or anything. And the second we touched that mattress, and it crumpled. All that blood just all over the and it floor. It was still liquid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It hadn't dried yeah, up. It hadn't dried up because it had just been the night before. It was early the next day. And, and that's what some people don't understand. Uh, when It was a lot, dude. It's a lot of blood. It was when a lot. When that bullet hits that body, that heart is still pumping. While the heart's still pumping, it's pushing blood out. Yeah. How many liters? To my knowledge, I think it's three liters. It's, it's a lot of blood, and it's, it's coming out really fast. Yeah. And so I'm willing to bet all that the blood that came out of his body was soaked up into the mattress. Yeah. And you think that, the well, we're just going to clean this up, up and, and we'll get it fixed. But mm-hmm. it's, no, it's, you, you got to throw it away. Oh, yeah. Well, we knew we were throwing the mattress away. That that was a done deal. Ain't nobody going to sleep on that bed ever. <laughs> but we didn't expect when we picked the mattress up to have all of the blood go flying out of it like it did. I mean, mm. it was nasty. It's actually more than that. It's, it's 4.7 to 5.5 liters. So oh, I wow. guess I, from what yeah. I heard, from, I guess. More than a I'm, gallon of blood. Well, I think what I'm hearing is I think you can, lo- I think you can lose up to three liters and still, still be on the edge of life, I think, is, is what I'm remembering. Yeah, I, but yeah, it was, it was gross, man. There was blood spots all over the wall. So we thought everything was done. Turn off the ceiling fan. We're going to close the door and everything. The ceiling fan stops, and we look up, and there's little red dots all over the ceiling fan. It was just like, oh, my God, everywhere. And you wouldn't think, and it was tiny dots, tiny, not big old splatters here and there. No, it was tiny microscopic dots of blood everywhere. Mm. It was a nightmare. Um, Don, Don Soap, Don Soap gets blood out. It, it, so. It's it's a lot of cleaning. Yeah, four or five how, hours. Four how or about five you, hours, uh, man. Was, DJ? You love I. Yeah, you I, had to clean actually, up your own apartment. Man. I actually that got sucks. lucky. I actually got lucky because, uh, well, not lucky, but my whole family came in the next day, and like, so I had like my mom, my grandma, and everybody like helping clean up, oh, and good. it was actually pretty hard since it since I didn't do it till the next day. The blood had already dried onto the to the floor. So it's even harder to get yeah. off once it's dry. You have to like we had to like scrub that stuff and well, then, there wasn't as much blood with you, you know. I mean it was it was splattered here from being sliced. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was like I mean I'll show y'all right now. It was there was blood but um yeah, I mean we cleaned it up the next day and off the walls it was it was pretty pretty easy. It didn't take that long. Yeah. See yeah. his his was all saturated yeah, was, in one spot on that bed and I'm telling you man once once we touched that bed it was just like open faucet right mm. on the carpet. It was disgusting. <clears throat> 
And that's how it happens. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of blood. It comes out real fast, and, and that's the fact of life. Um, and it's sad that he you know, chose to use a firearm to take his life. And I, I, yep. I hate that when you, you know, you're in the, the Second Amendment community and you do something like that, you know, that's like a slap in our face. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, suicide is a slap in the face. Though. It's a cowardly way out. I just, I, yeah, I got lots of issues with that. <laughs> so. And you definitely, you know, if you're, you're feeling that bad, you're feeling that low, you know, you definitely should talk to someone you know, because you got to think about your loved ones that you're leaving behind. Yep. You know, you're leaving someone behind to deal with that. And, you know, are you, you know, you're leaving kids behind, family members, loved ones, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, and that's not fair to them. Yep. So. And then, uh, yeah, he actually starting to be buried at the funeral is actually on Wednesday because he's, he's getting buried in uh, the Veterans Cemetery in Killeen. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait for there to be an opening and for the dates to align with the funeral home and all that crap. But, yeah, it's been... It's been a lot of fun to deal with. Now, fun. being that this is a suicide, does that change anybody's mind about the second, you know, their stance on firearms? Where in are you? Field? Are you anti-gun now? Hell no. He took a a cheap way out, man. I'm I still have my gun on me right now, one in the chamber. <laughs> now, who is this? Now, what relationship is he to you? He is grandpa-in-law. How old was he? Seventy-four. Uh, 74 years old and something to like commit that. suicide at 74. 75, god. something like that. And see, I don't know the stats on that. You know, that's, God, that's, why yeah. do you? Well, he's a lot of stats because he's a veteran that's now killed himself, uh-huh. even though he's in the 60s when he was in. And he's a stroke victim that committed suicide. Because so. he felt that he was, he felt that he was useless to, yeah. the, to the family. Yeah, he, he felt, felt that he was a burden. He was and just he didn't like the way he looked. He didn't like the way he felt. He didn't like anything about himself because the dude was extremely vain. And uh, it was just too much for him to take. It was just he didn't like it. He didn't like not being able to drive and go where he wanted to go. He didn't like having to have people help him do everything. And it was just too much. Now, the things that people don't like talking about, were there signs? Oh, absolutely. I, I, before the stroke, me and him had, because I'm in the same boat with him. If I'm a complete vegetable, even though his definition of vegetable is much and, see, my, and my question is, so everyone understands, was there a sign that he was going to commit suicide? Oh, yeah. He had told me several times and the family several times that if he was ever incapacitated, he'd, he'd take his own life. That was the first sign. But then after the stroke, the depression, the I mean, all of the warning signs were there. You could just see it. everything he said, the way he said things it was just, I'd be better off. You know, with it, or you'd be better off if I wasn't around. You'd be better off, blah, blah, blah. Just all those little things. And it's kind of like, okay. And I kept telling the family, I said, hey, we got to watch him. We, you have to watch him because he's going to do this. Now, with people hearing with that, him. at any time, did anyone think that maybe we should? Because, like, when my grandfather, my grandfather was, uh, my great-grandfather was 96. And when he got to a certain point, he, is it in age there? You know, we noticed he was getting in his vehicle and the way he was, he loved to, to just be the first one off the red light. You know, whenever the light turned green, he was, bam, he was in on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and the way he drove, he just, you know, didn't have all his faculties at 96 years old. So my mother said, you know, we're going to take him to the DMV and we're going to have him take take his license away. So we took him to the DMV. And they did the little eyesight thing, checked his eyesight and everything, and said, okay, well, he passed. And my mother said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 
No, you need to take him on a driving test. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take him on the road. And so they got in the vehicle and did the driving test. You know, they didn't want to do it, but they did it anyway. They got in the vehicle and they were gone for like maybe two minutes. The lady came running back into the DMV. She's like, give him my ID. Give him my ID. <laughs> he gets an ID. Take his license away. <laughs> and so I don't know what happened, you know, but we end up getting an ID because, hey, you know, you're at that point where, you know, and it was to me, that's up to the family. The family, you know, your family members know you. And yep. so we knew our great grandfather and like, OK, he's at that point now. We need to take his, you know, his license away, take his car away, and, and he needs to get a ride. Just because he liked to have a little fun behind the wheel. Huh? Hey, it, it, I know it was hard. I know that we're probably, be, you know, mean, cruel. I don't know, if, I don't know if I agree with y'all's decision. Hey, I know. I know. You're, I know. you're hey. preventing as him a, from I'm, his ride As a family happiness. member, trust me, I'm going to stand by it. Boy, <laughs> we need to take that car away from him. So... And we drove him everywhere he wanted to go. He still had that freedom to do whatever he wanted to do. You know, we just had to drive him. He couldn't drive himself. So, and, and you know, that's just a harsh reality. So, the, at any point, did anyone think maybe we should take his guns away since he's talking about committing suicide? Well, they only had one gun in the house. And that was there for personal protection and whatnot. So, we never really thought about that. But also, we didn't really think about it because he was going to, to physical therapy. And he was getting really good reports and he was going to, you know, do all of the, the doctor stuff and he was he was getting better and he his outlook was getting better, but then he'd just have one bad day, we'd be like, Oh, everything's terrible and he'd just go on this rant. And that's basically what happened is he just he went on the, the rant at the wrong time and had the gun and grandma tried to take the gun from him. Um, she asked him why he had it several times throughout the day and he just kept telling her not to worry about it and then uh she called the cops and actually i think that as much as i hate to say it i think that's what caused him to kill himself because he at that point there was no way out if the cops had come he wouldn't have been able to kill himself because they would have taken him to the hospital where he would have been stuck for 72 hours they would have taken the guns grandma would have gotten the gun out of the house and he couldn't have killed himself any other way. He didn't have the physical strength, and he didn't have the even the throat strength to swallow enough pills to kill himself. Mm. So it wasn't really any other option for him but the gun. And yes, there were the suicidal tendencies, but there was so much progression in his physical health that we were kind of thinking his mental health was going to go on the change because he's so in, intertwined with his physical and his mental health i guess you should say hmm. i mean his physical appearance was everything to him and when he got the stroke that that really hurt that really hurt his self-esteem and everything so yeah at the same time should have done something a little more but at the same time you can i mean he what if he had never killed himself then we just took his gun then they get robbed you know or crazy ninja assassins and come and open the doors right. You know, and then, yeah, exactly, would have felt bad. And these are reasons why I ask these questions. Cause so, I just, you know, want to know what the family thought as being a pro I, I think, I think Grandma calling the cops was his, like, oh, crap moment where he, it was, all right, I'm going to do this or not. And that was what he decided to go do. All right. All right. So we're talking about Yeti. We're talking about self-defense. Talking about the faces of death is what we're talking about here. And those the harsh reality of what happens if a family member, you know, commits suicide. Uh, we're talking about all that stuff today. And this is Michael Cargill and you.
are listening to Come and Talkin'. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about Yeti. We're talking about being pro-Second Amendment. We're talking about portraying yourself to the Second Amendment community as a company that supports everything that you do and attending trade shows and things of that nature. So, and we have to call those people out. Anyone, you know, you're out there, you're, you're attending the trade shows, you're at in Las Vegas at the SHOT Show, and you come across as a company that's being pro-Second Amendment, but then you choose to prohibit the good guys, the license holders from carrying inside your business. We actually have a problem with that, and that is what Yeti did. So uh, they actually posted 30.06 signs. They posted a 30.07 sign, which is a sign that you post as long as it's not listed in 46.3, I'm sorry, 46.035 in the Texas Penal Code, that's a sign that you post at a private business when you do not want license holders to carry there. Okay. And, you know, you don't, you, you really should think about that if you're going to cater to the hunting and shooting sports community. So let me bring into the conversation. John Griffin, the editor for The Daily Caller. John, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, Michael. How are you today? Oh, doing outstanding. How, how you, so you're in D.C. How is D.C. today? Well, D.C. Is, is just as bad as it always is because we can't carry in D.C. Oh, that's why I can never go to Washington, D.C. I'll let you have it all by yourself. I'll steer clear. I'll I'm going to stay clear. right here in Texas. I, I only have one state, and that's Texas. I'm going to stay here and defend it. Well, if I could have done this job and fought these battles for gun owners in in Texas, I would have. But uh, somebody has to go to D.C. and brave all these all these savages here. So, yeah. So let me bring you up to speed, John. So, uh, John Griffin, the editor for the Daily Caller in Washington D.C. So, John, we have Yeti, who is an outdoor company, a sporting company. Uh, they cater sure. to the sporting and shooting community. Now, they open up a shop, a, their flagship store in Austin, Texas. They're actually based, their headquarters is, is in Austin, Texas. They open up their flagship a little a store here in Austin, Texas, run on Congress Avenue, right down the street from the Capitol. And outside this store, there's a bar there. There's a bar on the outside. They have the store on the inside. And so they actually posted a 30.06 and 30.07 sign. Uh, prohibiting right. license holders to carry there. And it's a very nice sign. They went out of their way to spend, you know, probably about $2,000 on these signs. Uh, yes. And they look very nice. But when you do that, you're, you know, you're doing that by choice of the company. And and our problem as gun owners is that, you know, you're, you're kind of fl- giving us the middle finger by posting one yes. of those signs and saying that we can't carry, they're the good guys, the one that have a license who's been vetted by the state of Texas, the ones that are less likely to be convicted of a crime. You're saying those people, the good guys, cannot carry, only the criminals can carry. Right. Now, they have a bar. Now, when I go and pull up the information on the bar on the TABC's website, it is a 51% establishment, and that is just for the bar, not for the store itself. So the 51%, they have... They're supposed to post that sign. 
But instead, they posted the wrong type of sign. The sign they post is a sign that says you can carry. And so I you know, tried to call them several times, inform them that, okay, you guys are getting it kind of wrong here. Number one, you're <laughs> posting an 0607 sign. That's not the right sign that you're supposed to post um, unless you're trying to prohibit people from going into the store, which I believe that's what right. they were doing. And you're posting a blue sign over here at the bar, and that's the wrong sign there. You're going to get someone in trouble. You need to post a 51% right. sign. Because that's what your liquor license says, and then right. you know you in what you know what you should do as a sporting company, you should allow people to walk into the you know to the shop there, you know because yeah. you know they just can't go into the bar. So, and they didn't want to do that. So instead, you know, they held firm and they d- doubled down, and said they're going to keep their little sign up. So you know we do what we do. We just posted pictures of the sign and the establishment online, and so now you know every blogger, every you know. Every website that is a, a Second Amendment site you know, went crazy over this. It's like, whoa, Yeti, you guys are a company that's supposed to be, you know, pro-Second Amendment. Why are you punishing license holders? So people started saying, that, hey, they're not going to spend their money there. They're going to go to the competitor. And there are a lot of other right. companies out there with the same type of product. And they were really upset about this. And this, it, it, it went, it, it really went around the U.S. and in, yeah. in the entire community. So... Now we're at the point now, as of today, they've actually removed the 0607 sign. So they, they felt some of that pressure. So they took the sign down. And they still don't have their signage right at the bar because they're posting one sign that says you can carry. And right next to it, they're posting a sign that says you cannot carry. So they're still getting that wrong advice from someone. And they need to stop listening to Facebook people and, and post the correct signage. Because they're going to get really? fined because I've already filed my complaint with the TABC's office and I'm going to push them on, you know, on tomorrow to make sure they follow up with it. Well, well, Michael, it sounds like cognitive dissonance to me. I mean, it sounds like the standard thing we have in, in the in the business uh, domain where uh, you have a very loud minority of tolerant liberals who intolerantly refuse to let the rest of the country operate according to their beliefs. And this this dichotomy is really obvious with uh, all of the post uh, post Trump election protests. I mean, you have people out outside the governor's mansion in Austin doing all kinds of obscene things. And this is not the kind of of activity that you would expect from say people on the right. You know, when Obama was elected, we very calmly we didn't. Many of us had good reason to be concerned about what he he would do to the Second Amendment, for example. But we we observed that the election that occurred. And we moved on. You know, we were responsible and proactive and, and as citizens, but we moved on. Well, that's probably what this business is doing. They're responding to this extremely vocal and sometimes obscene minority, and they're they're catering to the people that don't even shop there instead of the people who spend money in their stores. And that's really something that I think is hurting businesses all over the country. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I tell you, you know, we're listening to. Uh John Griffin, who's the editor for the Daily Caller in Washington, D.C., and you're absolutely correct. And, you know, you, you just cannot portray yourself as being a company who is into the shooting sports uh, and then kind of thumb your nose into the Second Amendment community like that and say, hey, you're not going to allow us to, you know, exercise that Second Amendment right. Well, but see, Michael, they know we're not going to get in their face and do all kinds of obscene things on their property. The left will. The left will send out Christmas cards of people with mangled faces from firearm shooting incidents, okay, and they'll send those cards to people like you. That's what the left is willing to do. 
conservatives who conservative go-nounders who like to to go shopping in sporting goods stores, they're going to be less likely to do those kinds of things. So that's that's the calculation here, and it's a miscalculation. They're miscalculating in a way that's going to cost them profit and cost them business. Right. So you know. So hopefully you know now they're you know get the idea you know that we you know we're we're gun lovers and we're the responsible group of people. You know, we're actually, you know, going out of, our, out of our way to do the right thing. We're going out of our way to sit in the class, learn what the laws are uh, and, and, and all of that and to get vetted by the state uh, to make sure that, you know, we're, you know, we can actually handle this firearm. And so you, you really shouldn't punish people, you know, like that. So that's right. And so what else is going on in D.C. for the Daily Call? <laughs> well, right now, Michael, the dust is settling. Um, people are starting to adjust to the Trump administration, and we're dealing with the fallout from uh, from this abortive Obamacare repeal attempt. So that's another issue for another show and another day. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly on the gun front, um, Obamacare repeal is essential because of all of the regulations it made possible and put in place to target gun owners. Here's here's what I need you to do for me. As the editor for The Daily Caller, I'm begging you. Yes, I'm getting down on my knees. I need to make sure we put some pressure on our reps here, our, our U.S. congressmen and women in D.C. to pass the concealed carry reciprocity bill and to get past the um, hearing protection act. Hearing protection act. Thank you. We need to get that done. That needs to come up this year. We don't need to wait till next year. We don't need to wait till we get close to midterm elections because as midterm elections go, we could possibly lose some seats in the House. Uh, and also in Congress. So we need to get this done this year. I need the Hearing Protection Act to pass this year. We need to put pressure on them. I need you. I need the Daily Caller to, you know, really push that issue. You know, where would you, where do we stand on that? How many people do we have signed up for this bill? Is it ready to go to committee? Uh, how, you know, how, how long is it going to take for it to get to committee, get out and get on the floor and get voted on so we can get it passed and get the, the president to sign it? I need the cons- the concealed carry on. Uh, reciprocity bill to pass as well. We need to be able to carry our handgun with a handgun license. It needs to be recognized in every single state, just like your driver's license. Well, Michael, you know what I do uh, at a meet at a publication like the Daily Caller. We report the news, and we also try to expose things and shine a light on things like this that need more public attention. I certainly would be willing to try to push this issue in terms of uh, voter literacy and mobilizing folks. But I'm more limited in my ability to take political stances as as it as it comes down to say uh, financial issues and or consulting. So, he, so here's so that here's way, but we definitely need to educate people, and I'm happy to help with that. So here's what here's what I guess what I need to know is who's holding it up. You know what I'm not I'm not familiar on this particular front with what might be holding that up. I can right. tell you from my own personal experience that the priority right now has been to focus on health care reform. Really. And so you probably have a lot of things taking a back seat to that in the last few weeks. Okay, so because if we if we dilly dally too long, you know we're going to be pushed up against midterm elections, and then yes. it, it's going to wind up not happening. You're going to get what people. What did Ronald Reagan say? He said, "Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory." We have the majority right now. Let's use it. And I'm kind of selfish. Hey, this is what I care about. This is what I want. So I'm selfish, and I need this done. I need that well, here in protection that passed. mandate, Michael. We have the mandate now. It's like Nancy Pelosi said, we won. Okay? There, there's a, a clear shift in the mind of Americans towards what they think needs to happen, and I think part of that is self-defense. And please let and them know that it— defend your family. Exactly. In Texas, we're listening. We're listening. We're watching— 
and we see what you're doing. We see, you know, inaction, you know, that's been done yeah. here. We need well, the, this Greg stuff passed. Greg Abbott was up here this past week. I, I think people, especially as a Texan, I, I feel like a, a cast to see here uh, in a place where, where I don't really fit. But as a Texan here, I can assure you that I am constantly rubbing rubbing these issues that we care about in people's faces. And it's, uh, it's nails on chalkboard, Michael. A lot of folks don't want to talk about gun rights and self-defense, and a lot of folks avoid it. But it is one of the most important issues of our time. If you can't defend your property, you can't have property. Isn't that right? That's right. Absolutely. And, and, and I want to know if you, if you heard this here. Uh, there's a, a report that went out from WalletHub, and it says, you know, it has a list of states. Well, it has all the states listed. And it tells you where does your state rank when it comes to the gun industry. As far as uh, fire right. ministry itself, where do you rank? Where do you rank in gun prevalence and gun politics ranking? You know, it, it, and yeah. it ranks all the different states. In Texas, you know, you would think Texas would be in the top ten. You would think. Mm-hmm. You would. You would think Texas would be in the top five. <laughs> but because our legislators are playing games, they're playing games at the Capitol, you know, with different bills, you know, uh, whether it's constitutional carry, whether it's uh, the activities bill, you know, where it's, sure. uh, you know, getting TABC out of business, business of legislating, you know, any of these things. When we're talking about this stuff, Texas is actually number 26. We're nowhere wow, near the shocking. top. We're not even the top 20. Bottom half. That's shocking. Woo. That is sad. So Texas is not as gun friendly as we think we are. So we have some work to do here. That's why we've been doing this fight for several years. Yeah, we're number 19 as far as the firearms industry ranking. We're number 35, <laughs> number 35 in gun prevalence. 35 well, that people. Back to that cognitive dissonance thing, that dichotomy I was talking about at the beginning, Michael, and that's, that's the side that a lot of folks pay lip service to gun rights, but when rubber meets the road, they don't actually believe in it. No. And we got to change that. The stats are there. The numbers are on our side. You know, I, I saw a Department of Justice report once that said that for every one time a gun is used in the commission of a violent crime, it's used about three times in self-defense. Now, that's, that's data that works tor- towards our objectives, not against it. we got to keep getting that message out as often as possible. We're, we're, Texas is outranked by uh, Vermont. Texas is outranked by Minnesota. By Vermont, really? Yeah. Texas, oh, Verm- Texas is Vermont's outranked. Vermont's gun-friendly. Vermont is Te- one, wow. isn't it? We're outranked by Nevada. Harry Reid's Nevada. Mm-hmm. We are outranked. We have some work to do here in the state of Texas. Stop playing games. We need to stop playing this little game and start thinking about people and, 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 and move forward. And we also need to do that in D.C. We need to push our U.S. Congress. Well, that's where I need your help. Uh, because in D.C., people technically have the right to carry now. The, the Supreme Court struck down that gun ban, and the police are counting on folks not suing. See, they know folks don't have a lot of money here in D.C., so they know that they can keep taking your gun whenever you whenever you carry it and saying you don't have the right to do that. Mm. Well, we've got to have some we've got to have some material support here in D.C. to help these folks who are victims of gun crimes and who try to use their gun in self defense and were told by law enforcement that they broke a law. That's just wrong, Michael. Now we're definitely going to continue to call people out. 
I'm telling you now, uh, as loud as I possibly can say it, uh, from the uh-huh. as Dr. Martin Luther King would say, uh, from the hills of, uh, of, of, of Mississippi uh, down to uh, Alabama, I'm going to call it out as loud as I can. Uh, if you're a company like Yeti and you're targeting you know, license holders, we're going to call you out every chance we get. You're not going to do it. You're not going to benefit from us. We're not going to give you our money if you're going to um, you know, do things like this to the Second Amendment community at all. All right, so we're talking with um, my good friend, uh, John Griffin, from the Daily Caller in Washington, D.C. We also have inside the studio DJ You Love I. We're talking about everything today. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is State Representative Jonathan Stickland, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with John Griffin, the editor for The Daily Caller. We also have inside the studio DJ You Love I. And he was telling us about and actually showing us some video of yeah, that's crazy. His incident that happened on January the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, so you, you saw the video? Yeah, there was a lot of that was a lot of blood, man. It wasn't like my circumstance where right. it was all concentrated. That was all over your damn place. Good oh, we, we lord! Got, I mean, the fight was like all over the place. We, yeah, it we was, moved around for a while. Wow, that was intense. And so <laughs> you know, now DJ uh, you love I, he, you know, he 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 definitely has changed his mindset when it comes to being aware of your surroundings um and all that stuff i bet you even when you're working you're performing you're oh, actually yeah. no no i got like security around me like all the time and all the bars that i work at and the clubs they got like more security like on the nights that i play too yeah so you definitely have to be aware of your surroundings at all times because you can't carry in the bar oh yeah you can't so yeah, unfortunately that's why that 51 percent sign needs to disappear <laughs> that's what happened in tennessee that's why they no longer have it yeah the lady was being stalked, and she was a bartender, and she wasn't allowed to have the gun because she wasn't the manager and she wasn't the owner. Stalker guy came in, waited for her husband to pick her up from work because he was picking her up, and the stalker walked into the bar, shot the husband, and she went to her purse, and there was no gun, so she actually had to flee and leave her husband to be shot to death. All right, so we got a question here. Um, got a couple questions. I think I'm answering them as fast as I can, but I uh, got one that's posted to the video. Uh, there are online uh, Facebook Live video, uh, Joshua Watson, who's a good friend of mine. He's actually Pastor Watson. And how you doing there, Pastor Watson? I uh, hope church was good for you today. And his question is, uh, he's looking to understand why is it why is this a big deal if Yeti lets you carry at their store or not? Because and he's not are, he's not trying to pick a fight or anything. He just you know wants to know because they're a pro gun company. I mean that's just like a gun store not allowing you to carry your gun in their store. That's, it's just ridiculous. You can't say, hey, we, we, we love music. Either you, either you believe we, in it or you we, don't. It's like a music store saying, hey, we love music, but then they don't play any music when you walk in. Mm. You can only buy CDs. And if you're playing music, they tell you to shut up. <laughs> it just right, doesn't make right. any sense. Uh, what, you got, what you got there, John Griffin, uh, the editor for The Daily Caller? Well, I would just say, it, like, like you gentlemen said, it's hypocrisy on stilts, but... <laughs> it's also dangerous in an environment where, uh, in a public environment now, where more and more people find themselves fearing for their lives. There's more violence. There's more conflict. People are more more uh, hair trigger, no pun intended, at this point. 
And for for gun owners, lawful, law-abiding, licensed gun owners to not be able to carry in a public space is uh, is just absurd. Mm. All right. And then, um, man, I, I, you know, John, I, it, it is always great to have you uh, call into the show. Uh, I, I really love you updating us on what's going on in D.C. And I also like the fact that you're in D.C. So, you know, we can we can put some pressure, you know, on our, our elected <laughs> officials, yeah. because I definitely want to know I want to know who's holding up the um, this suppressor bill. I want to know who is responsible for not getting that bill to the committee and getting it passed. The Hearing Protection Act. Well, Michael, I can promise you and your listeners this, that I will definitely check on that. And if I find out if you post, you post a congressman holding this up, I'll give you their names and we can make an issue of it on your show. Yeah, we, we need to, we, and we need an update on what's going on. We really need to know what's happening and why hasn't this bill come up? And we really don't want to we don't want to hear the fact that. Uh, everything is about health care because you know what? That's Congress. They can focus on multiple things at one time. There's more yeah, than just yeah, one committee. I'm just telling you what the, the excuses are, okay? Yeah, My yeah, point, yeah. and I just wrote a piece that will come out here in the next couple of days of, that was def- that was essentially poking a hole in that balloon. I mean, Newt Gingrich, Contract with America. Who who remembers that here on this program? Oh, I remember, I remember that. that. Oh, yeah. we As, okay. as short well, our memories are. Nine, that was nine separate bills, Michael. So all this nonsense that we can't handle health care if, unless it's one bill and one law, and it has to all be perfect in this one bill. That's hogwash. So, yes, you're right. More multitasking needs to happen. We have a majority. We have a super majority, Michael. We have the presidency and both houses of Congress. The idea that we can't focus a little bit on gun rights and focus on these things we've been unable to do for the last 10 years, it's just silly. If sounds, we don't sounds do just like Texas. while we have all power, mm-hmm. then we never have credibility again. I tell you what, man, thank you very much, uh, John Griffin. Really appreciate you coming on the show, sir. Thank you. All right. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Now, tell us what's going on in Texas Capitol as far as uh, House Bill 375. Tuesday, we have a hearing, and David's going to read off something here for everybody to listen to uh, regarding HB 375. Yeah, constitutional carry, HB 375, folks. You need to listen up, all you Facebook heroes especially. This is your time to stop being a Facebook hero and actually do something productive. Tuesday, March 28th at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. in room E2.014. We need you to show up, and we need you to officially register for your support of HB 375. You have to be at the Capitol to do this, folks. You cannot do this on Facebook. You can't call somebody to do this. Show up. And fill out your stuff at the kiosk. It's easy. It only takes a few minutes to do. You're going to be prompted to select the following. One, step, select the hearing, Homeland Security and Public Safety Commission. Two, select the agenda item, HB 375. Step three, representation. Unless you are a representative for a group, select no. Step four, contact info, your name, address, city, state, zip, phone number. Step five, verify and submit. It's that simple, folks. Go to the Capitol and do this. It's going to help us tremendously. The more people we have signing this, it shows more support for this bill, which will get it a hearing and will get this thing passed. If you don't show up and you're only a Facebook hero, then you can't complain when this thing goes not your way. You need to show up and you need to sign your name and be a part of this. That way we can all get this done and not have to pay this stupid tax. Also, we have on Wednesday, uh, March 29th, uh, tag uh, the I'm sorry, asset forfeiture hearing. So if you're concerned about 
being pulled over, having your items taken by police and held by police and not returned to you. Uh, without you having to, you know, sue the law enforcement, you know, you might want to show up at the Capitol on Wednesday as well to testify for a lot of these asset forfeiture bills. All right, so we definitely come on in, come to the Capitol. This 8 a.m. Tuesday. This is the week that happens. So you got Wednesday, you got Tuesday, you got Wednesday. There's a lot going on. If you go to Texans for Accountable Government's uh, Facebook page, we have the links on the Facebook page there for that and also for the constitutional carry stuff as well. So definitely check this stuff out and get to the Capitol. All right, so uh, I want to thank uh, Miguel Angel, uh, a.k.a. DJ You Love I, for coming on the show today and telling us his story. I'm glad he's taking his own personal protection in his own hands. Uh, so definitely continue to do that. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of yourself. Uh, and, in, you know, and every, you know, good things will actually happen to you. We're going to continue to hold these people accountable for the things that they do. We're going to make sure that no one... No one that portrays themselves as a Second Amendment community will come across as attacking you, lawful gun owners. This has been Michael Cargill, and this is Come and Talk It. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.